Tom Parry. Matt Boyle, good day to you, sir. Good day to you. How are you on uh, this fine morrow? All right, yeah. Um, serious business there. I'm ready. Uh, I've got my podcasting head on. So, yeah, let's uh, let's talk some games. Okay, it's Tom and Matt the Tad. There's an air of, you know, impatience in your voice. It's almost as if 90% of what we're going to talk about today, we already talked about quite well. Well, I'm just um, hoping it goes well, and and maybe the quicker we do it, (laughs) the the less chance there is for something to go wrong. (laughs) This is true. Um, So, for you, dear listener, uh, last week we recorded uh, this very podcast and um, got about an hour into it. We, you know, we had great flow. We were talking about some video games we played. Oh, it was good. You missed out on a good podcast there, listeners. Talking about... On um, how the Xbox showcase was and the state of play and what we were excited for. And um, the knob that's currently talking to you uh, forgot to plug in his microphone. <laughs> so um, It's not the first time something like this has happened. Uh, no, it isn't. I mean, to be fair, I think last time this happened, it was a computer error your side. Yeah, I mean, it, we're, like... we're both guilty of these things. But, you know, accidents happen, you know, mistakes happen. You just uh, move on. And that's what we're doing this week. Uh, We'll probably cover some similar ground, but hey, maybe it'll be twice as good. I can can give you a spoiler. We were like, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the Xbox thing. It wasn't that interesting to see the Xbox thing, it turned out. Oh, Um, I didn't even watch it. They they said four games will be coming to other platforms. Let's 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 cover this quickly then. I want to know. Tell me what happened. Um, Well, they talked about the future of Xbox. Um, What is the future of Xbox? You, you know, passionate gamers and everything else. Um, and they said four games will be coming to other consoles, um, mm. specifically the PlayStation and I believe also the Switch. Uh, they have not named what those consoles were. And it's what, been very interesting. You mean games, sorry. Uh, games, yeah. sorry, yes, not consoles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four games will be coming to those consoles. Um, they have not specified what they are. I mean, speculation is rampant. People are saying Sea of Thieves. People are saying Starfield. People are even saying Gears of War. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, but Gears of War isn't particularly current, is it? But then again, Gears of War moving to another platform then makes it a big deal. And it's probably good for the franchise. Yes. I mean, let's see. I imagine it'll probably be Starfield. Um, For all intents and purposes, that seems like a game that was very expensive to make. But it seems like a game they were hedging their bets on as being a console seller, you know. Yeah, actually, now that now that I've said that out loud, I do I do remember something about no Starfield, no Indiana Jones, because those are the two that people were speculating on, because obviously Indiana mm. Jones hasn't even come out yet. I mean, these are recent big Microsoft releases. It would make more sense for it to be something older, I suppose. I mean, sea, sea of Thieves seems like an obvious one to me. Like, why wouldn't you want a yeah. giant, massively multiplayer? Cross-platform. Like, cross-platform, exactly. Yeah. Like, so you need, put you it need on people. Another... Yeah. Get more people playing Sea of Thieves. That seems like make a lot of sense. Uh, Fable's going to remain Microsoft exclusive. Is yes. that's another? You have to. 
Yeah, yeah you have to imagine Fable will stay there. I don't think it'll be new games. I don't think we'll no. see stuff day and date release. Though it's been very interesting for me. Um, I have been playing a little game called Helldivers 2. I will talk about it in a little bit. As, look at that being current with video games. Um, the, 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 the Phil Spencer was on... Um, Twitter going like, I don't understand who this helps, that so this is exclusive to PlayStation, and I'm just like, well, it's it's pretty obvious, Phil, I'm not the head of Xbox, but I imagine it probably helps Sony, you know, the same way that Palworld being exclusive to Xbox helped you a week or two ago. Mm. I don't understand, I love a good shift in corporate narrative, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's Microsoft just, are it, moving towards this ethos of let's make things multi-platform, yeah. Yeah, they they went away from the whole like yeah you know for the gamers and now if then it was about yeah you know it's the best place for gamers and now they're like hmm, we like selling games they should be everywhere because that'll allow people to buy our console and play video games. Yeah. I don't know. It was also some weird. I don't know if you saw this. There was um the guy who is now head of PlayStation while they look for a Jim Ryan replacement had said something to like the Financial Times equivalent in Japan. And essentially had been like, hmm, this industry seems incredibly risky that you spend like hundreds of millions of uh, dollars making games and you're kind of not sure if they're going to hit and they take an awfully long time. Mm. Uh, which suggests potentially also changes at PlayStation. He also said that not to expect any big first party games from Sony even in 2025, um, which kind of makes sense if you look at, you know, Everyone has kind of shipped something now, like uh, Ratchet and Clank, uh, Ghost of Tsushima was the end of the PS4, God of War's come out, Naughty Dog just had the weird thing where they were making that Last of Us uh, online co-op game and then they strafed away from that and just did Last of Us Part 2 Remastered. Mm. I want Uh, something new, I don't want a continuation of another franchise so much, like another God of War or similar. Um I think, well, think you say, new 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 things would be great, wouldn't it? You yeah, I mean you say that, but then there was also the news this week I saw people were selling um as they were selling copies of Immortals of AVM the Oh gosh, I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> that EA FPS game for a quid because apparently that game cost 125 million dollars to make and um why were they selling it for a quid? Well. They, they can't make any money. This getting rid. I, I, they just I think need to get rid literally, of stuff. Yeah, just fire, just fire sale on that right. game for some reason. I hear it's actually all right as well, which is a shame. But mm. hey, mm. there's a lot, a lot of weird stuff going on in video games. If you look at all the layoffs and look at all this kind of stuff bubbling to the surface, it's a, it's a very precaution, yeah. uh, precarious time to be in the industry, I think, and also to be a lover of video games. Because I think a lover, maybe a lover of video games, a, a lover of video games. <laughs> I don't want to slip in a cornish while I'm saying that, but that's true. Um, no, it. it it's a it's a very weird time for games. On that note, though, you know why it's also a very good time for games, Tom Parry? Because Helldivers 2 is really fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I've never played Helldivers 1. Uh, I know a little bit about Helldivers, though, and uh, to me, I was saying to you before, it looks a lot like Starship Troopers. And you said yes. it also has a flavour of uh, Gears of War Horde mode, so this sounds very uh, appealing. Right, so the original Helldivers was a twin-stick shooter. Um, it definitely had the... From what I remember, there's three fractions. Uh, three factions, rather, not fractions, uh, <laughs> though you can divide it up into three. Um, there were three factions that you were fighting against. You were playing the Helldivers. You were, you know, the Ura Marines from Starship Troopers. 
Um, and you were fighting against essentially big bugs in the way of Starship Troopers, uh, Terminator robots, and also kind of a an advanced alien race, probably like Protoss from Starcraft, from what I remember. Mm, yeah. There's probably there's probably a Warhammer 40k reference that is more fitting, but I can't think of it. It is very much in that like, oh, we're our Marines satirical way um your characters literally shout for democracy as you fire guns it's very very on the nose it's very good um yeah so that was that was the original one and now they've gone like well what if we made this a live service uh third person shooter okay um and i'm very glad they did because I blinked this morning and I was like, oh shit, it's suddenly gone 12. Like, I I spent two hours playing this game and it felt like 10 minutes. I, such was the joy of playing it. So I guess everything just must feel very nice to play. The, uh, yeah, the shooting, the the general control of the character, the, the gameplay, I, of course. I mean, yeah, of course. So what, they, what they've done is they've made this a third-person live service game, which I admittedly feels very odd in the wake of everyone saying, like, ah, live service games are dead, like three weeks ago. Oh, I can talk about Squad. Foam Stars. I did not play that, so I'm very glad mm. you did. Um, yeah, lots of lots of these kinds of games have come out, and everyone's like, oh, my God, why are we doing this? Why are we still doing this? Yeah. Um, and so far that stuff hasn't really been intrusive what I've actually enjoyed about it is the stuff you're saying it is the fact that it's now a third person like horde mode like Gears of War which I very much enjoyed from the 360 era and they've gone into that with a lot of gusto there's a lot of it's just very good mechanic wise you're always under pressure you're always staring down the barrel of a gun you are having to manually reload your gun as you're running around this area because every bullet in your clip counts because ammo is very limited Mm. is it got that gears reload at a good uh, particular time no it's not got that no it it doesn't have the oh god i've forgotten what the active reload system yeah it's just it's more like oh my god how how many enemies are still down the barrel of your gun and how many do you think you're going to take out with this last clip? Is there an emphasis um, on cover-based shooting? No, it isn't no, even cover-based. Okay, so I mean, <laughs> it, it is literally you just running around these large arenas uh, doing either defence missions or extraction missions mm. or capture-the-flag-style things. It, it's very basic, but you, you're just staring down the barrel of a load of enemies. At the moment, a lot of the... The big push narratively in the game and what they're trying to get you to do is fight the Terminator robots, which is kind right. of interesting because they're just everywhere, just all the time. So this can change up being a live service game. The types of enemies you're um, facing up against can be different. Yes, definitely. Right. Um, and you can go back and forth missions. You can play, I think, up to four people in a squad. I've only played two, and I played some a bit alone and I, I have to say it's not really the ideal way to play it no this is a full price game though isn't it this isn't a free to play this is not a free to play game no. this is I believe it's $40 in the US a, I paid yeah. 270 kroner mm. for it I think for a physical copy so that's slightly more risky for the, the studio publisher to release I a game so. and make people pay for it when it's a, a live service type title yeah you, you yeah you would think that, but um, it today broke the most concurrent, uh, broke the top twenty most concurrent players on Steam, um, even above Destiny Two. Wow, must be a good so, game then. 
It is. It's very good. Will it stand I... the test of time, though, Matt? Will you see yourself getting bored of it at some point? No, right. Because you've so got to change things up regularly and then keep you on they, your toes. They do, and obviously, like, right now, it's very early days, right? The aesthetic, there's there's a Battle Pass equivalent, there were free one, and then a more premium one. The premium one doesn't have that many layers to it at the moment, and from what I understand, you can even unlock that by playing for free, the same way you can in Fortnite. Um, it... it it genuinely feels really tight, and the thing that I think will keep me playing it, at least for a couple of weeks, I'll definitely get my money's worth out of it, I think, based on like how much I've enjoyed it so far, is the gameplay always feels really tight. It's nev- There's never a moment where it lets up, even yeah. when you're dominating and even when you're doing well on the lower difficulties. You by the time you've like killed one swath of enemies, like, ha ha! Then you'll turn around and you'll be like, "Oh my god, they're behind me!" Mm, it's very, okay. it's very impactful. Oh, that it's sounds intense. intense. Yeah, yeah. Is and, it like, easy to follow way. the action though? It's not like there's not so much going on. It's difficult to sort of compute what's happening. It, it no feels um, natural and. It does. Yeah. There's generally okay. very, very simple concepts to what you're doing. So, like one of the missions I've played is like a defense mission where you are at a the door to like a, an air raid shelter and you're clicking the button to let people run out and then you know the paths that the enemies are going to come down and you need to run down there quickly and like defend against them so i was playing with one guy and i was taking the high ground he was taking the low ground so we'd click the button take turns yeah. doing that and then switch and go back and forth um it, it's it's very frantic it's very after you do your mission as well you also need to extract from the zone um, oh, right. which okay, is yeah. then requires you like holding down an area for two minutes while more and more waves oh, of enemies. Do you know what this sounds on. like to me, Vermintide? Yeah, a little bit, I guess. I mean, there's a bit of Left for Dead in there too, obviously, yeah. with like the unrelenting waves of enemies. But it's very, it it definitely feels more horde mode, obviously. But like like Left for Dead or like, no, it wasn't Left for Dead. There's another game I've played where you can call in like airstrikes and stuff in this kind of mode and i wish i could remember what it is but you do have the ability to change your loadouts and you kind of a lot of the mission objectives are actually quite interesting like you'll go up to a terminal and need to shut down a system or something like that and it's all like arrow button prompts so you're having to quickly like enter like a cheat code to do the things while you're under bullet pressure okay Um, yeah right you have Mm. Yeah, you have these orbital things you can call in that are all on a timer. Like, I have one that's a turret. There's one that's just, like, a big ordnance bomb. There's one mm. where that your dropship will fly in and, like, shoot a load of cover fire for you. And those, all of those are, like, you need to click L1 in the middle of this really frantic battle and quickly just hammer in a cheat code <laughs> and oh, then yeah. throw a grenade to yeah. call it in. And I take it it's present, uh, presented in an appealing way. You know, the, the graphics are, are good and the menus and everything... Yeah. I mean, it it looks like a PS5 game. the yeah. The menus are pretty bare bones, but they serve their purpose. They're not confusing. Um, it's uh, quite no. easy to navigate menus and such. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And when you need to do like change your loadout or customize your trooper or whatever, you can literally. There's a, a big ship that you have. You name your big ship as well. Like mm. you get to, you're on this like big star cruiser thing, and you get to name it, and all of the. All of the way the naming system is like it's um it's an adjective or a verb and then of something. Oh, right, so my yeah. my ship is called the Song of Starlight. Oh wow! But they're all like really that, grandiose poetic. names. Yeah. Um, I I just did it because it was SOS. Um, 
but uh, it it's 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 it sounds it's very cool. good it sounds like it fits yeah very good it aesthetically is really cool like i said the whole tongue-in-cheek very starship troopers tone as you're like running around going like uh shooting emptying a clip into these terminator robots and going for democracy yeah. is very yeah. very on the nose but it is very very fun oh. and so far a glowing review hasn't worn out its welcome yeah no it's good i play i played it like i said to you for two hours and it felt like mm. i played it for 10 minutes i'm very anxious right. to go back and play it and it's been a while since well, that's I've great had yeah 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 this kind of game want me to do that. Wonderful. So. Well, this is the uh, complete opposite of my experience with Foam Stars. I'm I'm sorry to say, oh, uh, maybe no. it's just not for me. But uh, yeah, I I didn't get that. I deleted it immediately after playing one game. So wow, yeah. one game was enough to make you decide. It's yeah. Sh- sh- shall we talk about Foam Stars? Yeah, go for it. Um, so how how much of a knockoff Splatoon is it? It's Let's not start there. Exactly. No, it's not about covering an area in your colour. It is about getting kills and then your objective becomes to, 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 to kill the character who's got the most kills. After a certain period of time, someone will be designated the star player. Then your objective becomes to kill the star player. The the similarities with uh, Splatoon are that in order to move around at a reasonable speed, you need to shoot foam down on the ground and then surf on that foam to, to, to move around the area. And you can only surf on your colour foam. You know, the other mm-hmm. colour foam slows you down. The foam sort of, unlike Splatoon, has a volume to it. So you can create mounds of foam. And in the tutorial, it's explained that you might want to use these mounds to get up to higher areas. Okay. The majority of the playing field that I played on was quite flat. There were a few sort of tower bits and maybe that's where you get get up to the tower shoot down on them get some you know some height can you use can you use the foam as cover can you like quickly just spray up like a wall of foam in front of you and then fire maybe up maybe, or... maybe you can yes i think that's probably it's, it becomes like a solid object i didn't really use that yeah. strategy myself uh, but there is a lot going on in a match and it's it's too it's too much for me the yeah. the mounds of foam obviously obscure your your view to uh, to a point uh, <laughs> so yeah. there's the, just so much um going on and of course you're restricted to where you can move because if the enemy's covering everything around you with like pink foam or whatever color green foam or whatever it is then you get a bit a little bit stuck and yeah they they call it uh, you make your opponents chill you don't kill anyone, you chill them. Okay, you yeah. Okay, you yeah. chill them out of the game. Yeah, yeah, you get, get you chill them out. So it's got this kind of cool vibe. The music reminded me of the theme from uh, Raider Type 4. So it's that was good. You know, it had that sort of upbeat, very light-hearted, but the gameplay for me was just too frantic to be enjoyable and I couldn't okay. get a grasp on it. Maybe if I really liked it enough I, I could stick it out but i always think of uh, well i know i usually know pretty soon if i'm gonna be into something and there was also the whole thing of getting a game took a while you know i mean two minutes isn't a long time but it is a long time we are waiting for a game to start it is, it is a long time especially as this game is like currently a playstation plus game so you'd imagine yeah. games. Would i was be able to rapid. wander around the very bare 
um, sort of hub area, uh, visiting all the different shops and things. Uh, that, that then you make your way across this whole expanse of nothingness to get to a uh, a chopper, where you have to go to to initiate the the game. Mm-hmm. Also, the tutorial was very slow, and it was one of those tutorials that said, which say move the stick to move move the stick forward to move forward. Well done. You know, oh, wow, okay. You know, press this to shoot. Well done, you know. Okay. The, t- the tutorial for Helldivers is very good in yeah. comparison. Okay, um, it, it, it was it, infuriating. It does, it does that stuff, obviously. It, it, you know, but why it like, hey, Why does a video game need to, t- when, when the controls aren't that complex, need to tell you you move the stick to move? You know, it's, it's kind of self-explanatory, isn't it? I mean, it, it, Helldivers assumes that you can move around. It's more like the, hey, this is how you, this is the button to reload a gun. This is how you throw yeah. a grenade. This is how you do this. Yeah, so so it does all that. Uh, you have to reload. Yes. Um, you also have two special attacks, which are timed. So you know you can't just spam them. You know you have to have a cooldown um, time between using right. them. Um, the particular character I was playing as, I'm thinking maybe they're unique to the characters. I'm not 100% sure about that. But there's one that gives you a bit of height, so it's fires you up in the air. There's one that does like a, like a blast radius around you. But yeah, the gameplay is just too chaotic for me. That's what it comes down to. It is, it's not like Splatoon. Uh, no. It is and it isn't. Yeah. Okay. Because Splatoon, um, you get a satisfaction from covering the arena. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see how much area we're covering, you know, and, and you, you feel compelled to to, to, to do that because obviously that's how you um, win the game in that. in that. But this is about, it's about kills and, and targeting specific player. And I found a lot of the time, like, that's, I was just wanting to shoot whatever was near me just to get a kill. Yeah. So what happens is when you, you, you attack a, a character to a certain point, deplete all their energy, then you'll get stuck in this ball of foam. And uh, then the enemy needs to slide into you using the surfboard to to, to kill you, finally. Also, your team members, if you're in one of them balls, if they slide into you, they will free you from the ball. So so there's an emphasis on, you know, working together and protecting the teammates. Uh, So I'd say, you know, you might like it. Give it a go. It wasn't for me. And I thought, finally, a game took too long. The tutorial was infuriating. But you know the presentation was fun. It's the game's got personality. It's light-hearted. Um, see, I'd, I'd be interested to see what you thought of it. I, I it wasn't. Yeah, say it wasn't for me. I tell you what, I will give it a go before we podcast it's free. this week. And yeah, I'll it's let free. You know. Exactly. Like I already have it. It if had it been, had it been paid to play, I would be like mm, maybe not. Maybe I don't think this then, is cause... going to. A, attract a huge audience no it's I got mean, the like... anime aesthetic so i think it's going to appeal to say fans of anime in general um because the characters look appealing the 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 the, the setup is quite appealing also you know and the, and the music and <sighs> i don't know i don't know yep. underwhelmed what? i suppose by it yeah, weirdly, it's only a PS4, PS5 game. It isn't even on Steam. So no. I was just trying to see how many concurrent players, because I hadn't heard much about this game. Despite it coming out, like you you can kind of glimpse from 
the front page of most video game websites what is currently the new hot shit when it comes to like these mm. kinds of games because there's a lot of if you go on something like Otaku or whatever they'll or Polygon or any of these websites they'll usually be like a hey Pal World section or a hey look at what's going on in Fortnite this month yeah. and they, I haven't seen anything it's Helldivers and Pal World. No, I don't think it's gonna last. I think this is another one of them games which will come and go, and I don't think it's got a lot of is life it, in is it. Is it gonna be like that dodgeball game that EA put out that yeah. I've already forgotten the name it's of? It's gonna be another life server and the wrestling game, which did look quite appealing, but uh, you know, like the battle royale wrestling game. Yeah. This yeah. is Knockout City is the yeah. um the one from EA. Yeah. I think it's going to go that way. And it's a shame because, you know, there are some appealing things about the character design. And, and, you know, they've thought about the concept of the the game. Yeah. And there is... Rumbleverse was the wrestling one. Yes. Rumbleverse. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't know. There you go. Let's see what you think. I'm not blown away. I will will let you know. Okay, fair enough. Um... So, do you want to speak about a game that I am blown away by, or do you want to speak about a game that you've also played that I'm afraid to tell you is actually not very good? Okay, let's have a bit of good uh, news now, because Foam Stars was sort of average to underwhelming. What's what's really exciting you, Matt? Okay, other than Helldivers 2, I have been playing an awful lot of Persona 3 Reload. Oh, yes, which we talked in depth about on last week's uh, podcast that you'll never hear. Yes, right. Okay, let me try and recap my feelings. I very (laughs) much like Persona 3 Reload. Um, It's a game I've spent probably about 20 hours with at this point. I've done the, the second... I've done the second part of Tartarus, which is the the big evil world you're exploring. Yeah. Um, so, for those of you who've never played a Persona game, um, this is a spin-off of the Shin Megami Tensei series from Atlas. Um, obviously, Persona 4 and Persona 5 are the two that really broke out in the West and were really huge. Um, America was lucky enough to get Persona from the first game on the PlayStation, but in Europe, the first one that we got our hands on was actually Persona 3. Which came out on the PS2. Um, it was at a period I wasn't very, I wasn't really playing games. I had seen it and was like, "Oh, that looks kind of cool." Um, and then Persona 4 Golden came out. I bought a PlayStation Vita to play that. Fell in love with the series. And uh, even I played and enjoyed Persona 4. I didn't complete exactly. it, of course, but you know, I could definitely see the appeal from playing and it. And I would argue Persona. Persona 5, even better. I mean, I've mm. played three fucking Persona games. I've bought manga that rehashes the story of a game I've already played because I love those characters. I love that world. I think everything about it is very cool. So obviously, when uh, Sega announced that they were re-releasing Persona 3 and that they were going to do it up and give it the, the Persona 4 uh, golden treatment and like make sure it played on modern consoles and it looked really nice and everything else, I was really excited because it's a game I've never played. Having like played Persona 4 and Persona 5, it's always one I've wanted to do. I bought Persona 3 Portable, which I'll get into the differences in the different versions in a second. Um, and generally, all I'd really seen was this anime cutscene of a guy with blue emo hair um, picking up a gun as a monster runs towards him, aiming the gun at the side of his head, whispering, Persona, and shooting himself in the head, and a giant monster coming out. I was like, that oh, looks fucking cool. Um <laughs> As a as a thirty something year old now, I'm like, okay, this is this is a little this is a little emo, this is a little yes, try hard, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Had I played it at the time, I would have fucking adored it as a lot of my friends who did do. The opening 
cutscene in the game is a girl who shoots herself in the head at the beginning. So, uh, so it's every everyone shoots the, themselves in the, the head. Vibe but like, it. it's a, but you know, you, you don't know anything about the game, and you see that, and you think, whoa, this is a bit, this is a bit edgy. This is a bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very. Yeah, it's a very, it's very early two thousands yeah. edgy, is what I will say. Yeah, um, it's very cool though. I, I've enjoyed playing this game. Um, the combat system, as you would imagine, is very on point. It is the main thing I really yeah. like about the Persona the Persona games. Even more, I would argue, I, I'm realizing than the social link stuff, which is kind of the whole point of Persona. Those of you who haven't played the games, um, generally what happens is you will have you will play through a calendar year. You're always a school high school student. You're always making friends and going around. But your main goal is within a within a month's period, usually before a full moon, you need to explore and clear a dungeon. Mm -hmm. Around the edges of that, obviously, you attend school, you make friends, you build these things called social links with other characters. And in Persona Four and Five those were a kind of like either or it's like who am i gonna which of these side characters is enough for me to invest my time in which ones are more interesting and also by spending time with particular people you will boost your persona affinity to give you more powerful personas in the the different areas that they come in I think pokemon the personas have different types um unlike pokemon you don't capture personas what you do is you end up winning a battle and you get them and then they go into the thing so that's one big part of the game why everyone loves this is generally there's these social links that are really engaging um for me the the main draw of it is the combat uh it does the whole hey weakness and resistance type combat that you would expect from a jrpg like some enemies are weak to fire some are resistant to fire you need to figure out what they are um but generally how persona's combat rolls is when you exploit a weakness you gain a turn advantage and so what this game has actually done is really thought about how five kind of perfected that system and gone actually with some stuff we can do to tighten that um as with the previous persona games you can always click a button which in this case is l1 to see the types and be like all oh, right okay i remember that this weird hand thing is weak to fire versus anything else what persona 3 reload does is actually takes that a step further and allows you to click the r1 button and cycle through your many personas and just land you on like Agi, mm. which is the fire magic, to be like, just use this. You don't have to worry about it. Let's speed up this combat. Let's make this really fluid and dynamic combat system even more fluid and dynamic. It's very cool. It does a lot of stuff like that. There's a lot of these little tweaks onto the Persona 5's winning formula for combat that what? make it like, fuck, this is really good. I enjoy, enjoy fighting things. Yeah. Is this anything like One Piece Odyssey? Isn't there some sort of similar... Is it similar in any respect? Is it sort of like think, this is weak yes. against that and that is weak against that? I, I sort of um, recall it being sounding somewhat similar. Yes, I. I mean, this is in a lot of games, right? I would yeah. imagine. From what I remember of One Piece Odyssey, I would say One Piece Odyssey draws more on Dragon Quest, which obviously okay. this is riffing off as well. Yeah. But like, there's a, it's kind of a halfway house between the two systems, I would say. One Piece Odyssey definitely has some of this stuff. Thank you for reminding me that game exists, by the way, because I'm just like, oh, I should play that as well. <laughs> Fuck. I deleted some stuff off my hard drive to get Helldivers 2. Yeah. And um, like a dragon Ishin popped back into my bar. I was like, shit, I never completed Ishin. Well, I should go and play Ishin. One Piece Odyssey was the last RPG game my tried yeah so it's probably it's why it's in my head but i do remember this sort of type advantage thing in that as yes. well but as you say you know that's something that's in a lot of 
JRPGs. Yeah. It is, especially like your modern era stuff. Mm. Anyway, the, the combat stuff is so engaging that when I have half an hour to kill, I'll just go fight some monsters. I will go grind. This doesn't mm. feel like a chore in this game. No. I actually really enjoy the combat. And if anything, when I reach the top, like the way this Tartarus, this system is, like um, in Persona 5, it was called, um, they were dungeons and each person had an individual dungeon in the oh god i forgot the name of it i'm like oh yeah massive persona 5 fan forgotten the the name of the it's just the metaverse isn't it or something like that. i don't know <laughs> uh, anyway uh in in persona 4 it's called the midnight channel that i remember you yes. go into the tv yeah. and then you experience these things there i'm pretty sure it's the metaverse in persona 5 it's just saying well it sounds very current it sounds on the nose very current. yeah 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 um i'm just gonna fact check myself persona 5 metaverse yeah this is the thing good glad i'm not out of touch i just completed a third game in the series i would be like shit i can't remember the name of it anyway tartarus is the version of that in these games you go into it it is a tower much like duraga or any of these other things that riff in traditional jrpgs i believe there's something similar in the earlier persona games as well i haven't played one and two um and you're working your way up it you will hit these points where before the end of the month you can't really progress anymore Mm. and generally speaking what that is a permission from the game to do is like right you've battled your way through this dungeon go and spend time with your social links go study get up your abilities and your attributes and everything else i'm like nah man i just want to fucking keep grinding i just like i like the combat in this game i want to run around here some more and kill some more monsters it's very fun very rewarding game the thing i will say about it if you have played persona 4 and persona 5 and if they were your entry to the series like they were for me you might feel a little bit disappointed and perhaps this is why i'm running into friction against the social link system by the fact that i do not think these characters are as fleshed out and unique and inspiring as the ones in later persona games they are very much hey these are school kids they while obviously as i've played the game i've started to get more used to their character traits they're very broad strokes of like oh this is the girl that doesn't have confidence this is the very intelligent one who's very aloof oh this is the guy that's a bit wacky that no one likes but he's a bit of fun so people hang around with him they're very broad strokes of the characters and i would argue that once you go even beyond the main cast the social link stuff isn't as memorable for me as it was in Persona 4 and 5. There's no Mm. real character that I've wanted to spend time with other than going, well, this Kenji kid's a bit of a doofus and his side story about him being in love with a teacher doesn't really do anything for me. But I know that I like using magician personas, and so I need to I need to do this for the sake of my yeah. own enjoyment of this game. I guess that's the danger of going back to a game which you know you've improved upon in its uh, subsequent sequels, isn't it? Because you have to remember this is yeah. the third entry in the in the series, and essentially it is the same game as it was then. And yes. and they've obviously developed upon that and improved that with four and five. So it's sort of like stepping backwards, and well, it. Yeah, has some of those improvements that you see in those later games. Essentially, the game is is, is older. Yeah, yeah, of course, and not and like, quite as good, perhaps. Well, I mean, in that in, in that, that respect, aspect, at least, that I would aspect, say, yeah. yeah, like like the characters for me are not as memorable as the ones from Persona Four and Persona Five. Admittedly, yeah. like as I go through this RPG, like I said, I've spent like twenty hours, I think, playing it, getting to where I am. 
it's for all intents and purposes a, a very long game. I think I'm only twenty two percent of the way through. Says PlayStation, so it's probably like a hundred hour game. It is not wow. one I'm going to finish. It's one I'll probably talk about in the background of this podcast for a long time as I tick away at it. But it's it's very fun. Like. I mentioned as well that so I have Persona 3 Portable. I never played that. There have been three re-releases of this game before. There was the original Persona, there was Persona 3 FES, and then there was Persona 3 Portable. Generally speaking, it's taken the refinements it's made in those games and put them at the base of this one. The only thing that I know people are upset about is there's there's an epilogue chapter in Persona three fes that kind of explains what happens after the end credits roll that is not in this game and they've hinted i think it's called the last word or something like that that it will be a dlc uh, yes, for okay, this and yeah. i hope to i wouldn't be surprised that, yeah yeah i hope it's included and i hope if they do do a dlc that it is as fun and kind of robust yeah. as the one for persona 5 tactica so I, like I said to you, I actually kind of prefer to the main game. I think right. I think what they do in that DLC is really interesting. I'm I'm afraid yeah. that I actually really enjoyed that weird side scenario that was like a, a side story to Persona 5 proper more than I enjoyed the plot of the actual game. Um, so let's see what comes of that. And the other thing that is very much annoyed people, and Atlas kind of put their foot in it a little bit with it, was Persona 3 portable allowed you to play as a male and female protagonist mm. and say like well you're in a school you can be either of these things and the romance options change and everything else yeah. they made some really generic statement i believe when they were asked saying like oh well it would affect the story too much and they're like well it didn't before so why would it now maybe the game has um, changed significantly to incorporate that element whereas here they were using the original persona 3 as a more strict template I, I haven't I haven't run into any instances where I'm just like, oh my god, this would massively yeah. affect it. Okay. Um, it, what it would do is require some tweaks, like certain things, like you join the athletics club um, as one of the side stories, and so you're in the male running team there. I'm like, okay, but there's a there's a female, tr- like, I can't remember what they're called in Japanese sports clubs and stuff at school you have like a team manager right. so like someone who wants to do that kind of thing they rather than doing the sports they'll manage the team and make sure all these things okay she's a lady she's a romance option if you're a guy and i'm like well it could just be a friend option if you were the thing maybe you volunteer to do that instead i don't know i haven't played portable enough to know what these differences that's are, it i guess I know... it comes down to it's a remake of persona 3 not a remake of persona 3 portable yeah, but it it does take some of the stuff that's in Portable, oh, like right. some of the the links, the social links and stuff that were exclusive to that game. Okay, oh, it's so a little like, bit more complicated than. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a bit of an amalgamation of all the mm. remakes so far. Anyway, in a in a month that is absolutely chock full of JRPGs, I mean, so much so, Tom, that they had to invoke an extra day on February to release Final Fantasy Seven um, uh, Rebirth. It's coming out on the 29th of February. That's the joke there. Um, So so it is what it is. I mean, do I feel guilty that I've bought two games instead of the latest Yakuza? Yes, absolutely. I will probably buy it next month. You know, it's not going anywhere, though, is it? No, it isn't. And it's also another 80-hour game. (laughs) And I'm like, fuck, I haven't got time to play all these games. My backlog. My my backlog of Yakuza games these days, Tom. I have Lost Judgment 2, I have Ishin, and now I have, like, a Dragon Age. Yeah. We're eating good. 
I know what it's like though when you're a fan of a franchise and a new game comes out in that you just really want to get it. And I did that with Tekken Eight recently. Yeah. Yeah, I had to get Tekken Eight. There wasn't any doubt that I wouldn't. I just needed to get it cheap enough, and and luckily yeah. I, I there was an offer on eBay at the time, and I got it for a reasonable, more reasonable price than the going rate. I know we talked about it. I sorry, like before I wrap up Persona Three yeah. Talk, just because this feels like the natural place. Did you ever watch that Brian Cox talking about? Um, Do you know what? I'm the... Sorry, Matt, I forgot. <laughs> oh God, damn it! It's fine. I'll link it to you afterwards. You I, did I, link it... it to me, but I didn't... yeah. It's it's beautiful. It's just again him just yeah. going. Jin Thank you. Well, you've reminded me now. I I I, I will uh, I will check it out. Uh, for it sure. is peak internet. It is. I've got I've got it on, on the yeah. He sent me it. So what? Watch it afterwards, Tom, yeah. and let me know how yeah. you think. Yeah. Anyway, um, Persona Three Reload, very fucking good game. I doubt I'm gonna get through it in time for me to play Final Fantasy Rebirth, which is honestly, I I'm just. I'm thinking about it, and the more and more I'm like, I need to buy this the day it comes out, and I need to just dedicate like. A oh, we could just pay the demo time. and get you fix, and then just get. No man, no. story stuff. I've okay. I, I've lived through Final Fantasy VII. I've been on internet forums, and it's going to be like, that. Oh my different. god, Aerith dies. It yes. Yeah okay. Because the other yeah, one was so. Yeah. So. The other one ends and kind of says, well, this is in conversation and potentially a sequel to the original Final Fantasy VII. And it does stuff that the original didn't do. And it's kind of setting it up to say, actually, this is more a sequel than a remake, even though it is a reimagining. You're going to the same areas and doing a lot of the same fights. Mm. It's very cool. I'm very excited for it. I just don't want it spoiled for me also. So it's sort of like what they did with the uh, Evangelion films, if anyone's familiar with... uh, Yes, it is is 100% the Evangelion film, where it starts the same and then it diverges. (laughs) Yes, yeah, uh, very much so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is is pretty much that, Tom. Yeah, I thought it might be. It seems to be a a, a trend uh, with these Japanese franchises to to sort of reimagine them uh, this way. Yeah. I... I wonder how many of the the overlap there is between women who are into Seth Yeroth and women who are into Gendo. Because the the, the was, women into the, Gendo, yes, really, there, there are there are women into Gendo. Oh I dear, really he's is. he's he's not the yeah model uh, husband father. No, figure, no, he? but but pe- people are attracted to that. I don't know. Okay, I'm not fair really enough. Well, let's not get into that. That's another podcast. Yes. It but, is. Uh, it is. It's not. It's not my Final Fantasy Seven Evangelion shipping podcast. That's for Patreon subscribers only for my imaginary Patreon. Yeah. Anyway, um, I I can't say enough. I think if you like Persona Three, uh, Persona yeah. Five, if you played Royale, if you played these other games, I think you should definitely check out Three Reload. I think it's great. Um, I've had a lot of fun with it, and I, from the sounds of things, I've barely scratched the surface. So look forward to me going like, yeah, still very good as this podcast continues. glowing glowing review well if before we move on to the game i know we, we both played and we're both going to discuss a little uh i'd like to just say a little bit of tekken 8 because i did touch on yes. it there uh, great time with the game so far it's had some excellent reviews uh worthy of these yes uh worthy of amazing reviews it's a very good game uh i guess you can't shake that it's essentially it's just more tekken you can and seven played very well, and you, you couldn't necessarily say that this plays better than Tekken Seven, I suppose. But it does offer all, some new things. 
are all our favourites still there? Is there a king? Is there a yes. Yoshimitsu? Nice. Which version of Jack are we on? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I haven't played as Jack yet, but uh, I've sampled a few different modes, and, and what this brings to Tekken that we didn't have previously. Um, well, we did have a story mode. Uh, T- Tekken 6, I recall, had quite an elaborate story mode. Uh, Tekken yes. 7 had approached the story mode in a different way, but it was still quite satisfying. This story mode feels more like what we have now with Mortal Kombat, where we have these quite involved uh, FMV. I say FMV, I'm sure it's probably in-game graphics, but you know you can't, you yeah. won't be able to to tell necessarily because the graphics are so close to the cg nowadays anyway um and then it will seamlessly um transition into a fight from the cutscene. and so um yeah it it, that was something that's been so appealing about these latest mortal combats and now it's been applied to tekken and yeah it works it works very well it creates uh, really dynamic fights where certain sort of scripted events happen within the fight like you might not be able to win a particular fight you know what what i mean oh sometimes okay it's that... got those kind of like impossible fight scenarios yeah sometimes there'll be on. criteria um to, to that you actually have to win the fight to progress the story or there'll be yeah. a couple of quick time events here and there. You know, I had to press X to believe in myself at one point. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it does oh a lot God. to in- involve the player into the the story. So you know, that's I think that's what you want from a story mode. You you want it to have an emphasis on story. Uh, yeah. I if if you're into tech and if you watch the Brian Cox video and you know everything that's going on in the series up to this point, then it I is do. interesting to see how it plays out because we've known these characters and this sort of family um <laughs> thing that's going on between Jin and uh Kazuya and um you, see... you almost said Kiryu then didn't you you almost repeated my <laughs> mistakes of previous podcasts yeah yeah so uh yeah that's good and then you've got this sort of arcade uh adventure mode where you make an avatar you uh meet people at this arcade and you do various battles against other avatars within this uh, arcade adventure mode where it teaches you a little bit more about the systems which it does have a few new additions to the fighting system i think it's called heat and this is a, a, a meter which you have once per round you activate it by pressing r1 it powers you up um for for a period of time um and then you can do a special move while you're in heat mode but say only lasts so long then you only get one per per round so it's got a desperation like move when your health drops so low you can then activate with r2 a a huge attack that you can't do unless you like on uh, you know you have your health depleted so i'm not doing a great job explaining this but i think uh, those who have played um previous tekken or soul caliber games know what i know i'm talking about there uh what other modes? There's other modes as well. There's individual story modes for characters as well, right. which have a, an introduction, which is told through illustrations, but then every um, character story does have a CG cutscene. So you've got a real incentive to play okay. through each individual character story. It's just like in old school Tekken, Tekken. and you get a Three, nice little uh, character-focused um, uh, end sequence as well. 
There's no Gone, though, is there? So what do we even do? Well, I, yeah, I haven't seen Gone yet. I, I don't know. He could be in the game for all I know. But, you know, Panda's in there and, and Kuma, of course. And uh, Kuma's, like, uh, desperation attack is nice and wacky. You know, he, he gets out his uh, giant fish. He hits them with it. But then the fish transforms into a rocket. Uh, you know, yeah. so um, I, I like that. I've always liked that about Tekken. You know, it's got the, as well as having that family drama. You, you've got the the hum, humor in there as well. And, is and Alex in? Is Alex in there? Not that I've noticed. God damn it! Like if I can't have gone, I need Alex. I need. I What's need the name of the kangaroo kind of that's also like, like essentially Alex, but just the kangaroo version? Oh, Roger. Roger. Roger the kangaroo. Roger's the kangaroo. Yeah. <laughs> They could be in there, but I, I mean, um, the story mode really does focus on Jin. You do get to play some other character briefly in the point that I've played, but it, it's mostly Jin. Um, I don't think he's in Tekken Eight. I don't think Alex is there. That no. Sad. And then, then I've been uh, Oscar Kazama is the character that uh, I is my sort of main on on Tekken. So I've played a lot as her, Jin's sister. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I really got to. I played the uh, Yoshimitsu and um, King. In the story mode, you, there is an actual fist of what is it? Iron King fist of the tournament. Iron fist. King of the Iron Fist yeah. tournament. Where, where you, you would know this if you'd listen to Brian Cox. <laughs> well, I do know this. I'm just trying to find my words. But um, you get you get the opportunity to play some different characters there. So you're not always playing as Jin, but Jin is the, obviously the the protagonist and it's about him struggling with his devil gene and controlling it because he subdued it for so long you know he can't tap into it to become more powerful because he sort of said no he doesn't want to go down that path because it's dangerous okay. and it can consume him you know devil man type yeah. it's all devil yeah. man really it all comes back to that but uh th there's also um azazel the uh, big enemy from tekken 6 with this massive looking Oh God! What do you call monster character? It's sort of connected now to the the devil gene, and the devils are created to serve Azazel, and yeah, there's, there's something going on in the story, which I, I'm sure I'll, you know, get that explained as I uh, work through it. There you go. Oh, Tekken 8. Yeah, it looks amazing. You know, uh, that's it. I think that's the, the main thing about, I suppose, you know, it's the best looking Tekken's ever been. Every platform Tekken's been released on, they've improved, Namco have improved the the visuals to a point where it's now like, well, you can't imagine it getting much better. But that's always video games, isn't it? You it's know, always video games. That's you can't imagine it could be any yeah. better. And the, the the characters are sort of like their skin has like detail on the skin, you know, the blotchiness and things. That's the sort of level of detail we've gone into now with the characters, you know. Okay. So they, there you go, Good. Tekken 8. Um, well worth picking Tekken up 8. if you're a Tekken fan. You won't be disappointed. Even if you've never played Tekken before, well, you're in for a treat because uh, the same classic, enjoyable Tekken gameplay is, is present. I I will probably rent it from the library as I did with Street Fighter 6. I mm -hmm. probably have a lot of good to say about it. I like Tekken. Mm. Who doesn't? I mean, actually, I know I have a friend who doesn't like Tekken, but uh, and he likes fighting games. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Most okay. people like I, Tekken. <laughs> most people like Tekken. Yeah, this is the thing. It's it's a question of like, do you like the early Tekkens because you had a PlayStation One? Do you mm. like Tekken Tag because you had a PlayStation Two? Like, what? It depends on your entry PlayStation. I think what love for Tekken. Yeah, you have. I remember Tekken Tag just being so amazing. 
you know, visually. You went from Tekken 3 to Tekken Tag, and it was like mind-blowing at I, the time. I just remember sitting with my cousin and playing a load of Tekken 3 and just trying to unlock stupid characters. Yeah, even though Tekken, stupid engines. Tekken 3 looked great on the PS1. As far as PS1 games go, that was one of the, the best-looking games probably on the console. But then... 100%. Yeah, Tekken Tag, PS2 launch title. Is it Was it a launch title? A very early very PS2 early, title. Yeah. It's just like, that was... We haven't had this since really this type of jump. You know, it's like it's like no. the Dreamcast was at the time. But when I first saw Soul Calibur on a Dreamcast, I don't think I'll ever feel like that again about game graphics. But yeah, te- Tekken uh, Eight does look in- incredible. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Yeah. I. It's been the main thing that I've looked at. Even when I picked up Helldivers yesterday, Tekken Eight was there. I was like, Ooh, sure yeah. So from a game that looks incredible to a game that looks more in line with the PS. Four or, or earlier, let's talk about Wanted Dead, shall we? Wanted Dead. Okay. Game so both um, of us were very interested in playing. Yeah. Previously on an episode of Tom and Matt Attack, we talked about buying this before Christmas. And we have talked about the plunge. game. You've given uh, listeners your thoughts on the game already. Since then, I've played it and you've completed yes. it. So, so let's revisit Wanted Dead now. And uh, yes. is, is it worth it, Matt? Should our <laughs> listeners. You know, Ooh. if they're into those sort of third-person action games of the 360 PS3 era like, era like we are, is Wanted Dead the game they've all been um, looking for? Um, right. Wanted Dead is... I. While you could draw some similarities, you could be like, oh, well, this, this feels like a B-tier game that should be in line with... Tom and Matt's sensibilities, this is of course something that they would play. You know, it's it's trashy enough for it to be featured on this podcast. It feels like maybe, a maybe budget. hidden gem. It feels it like does. a budget title. It feels like a budget PS2 title. Um But it feels it, solid enough, I think, in terms of its gameplay from what I've played. The gameplay is solid, competent. Bear in mind that this game is developed by X Team Ninja employees and we know that their pedigree is very high the ninja gaiden games are incredibly uh well made for the most part they are they are um so generally this game this game feels like a game that didn't have a lot of budget and i think that's perhaps what goes against it um as i talked about i i thought the difficulty was quite frustrating i thought the whole focus on uh, hand-to-hand combat was kind of difficult to wrap my head around. I thought that while the game clearly wants to be a cover shooter, there wasn't a lot of ammo and everything else. Um, so what happened was, t- you and I talked about it last week, you are slightly more favourable yeah, I, than I Yeah, I was. enjoyed the, how the gameplay uh, played out. Um, I thought it was clear where the ammo was. Obviously, there was emphasis on get, picking up ammo, but... Um, I didn't have an issue with it, at least for the, you know, 45 minutes I played the game, so I can't give a full opinion of it. But I I found transitioning from the the cover-based shooting to the the sword play actually quite all right. And and the tutorial wasn't mind-numbingly long or, you know, (laughs) infuriating as, say, the Foam Stars one was. Uh, so, So I thought, oh, good first impression of the game. The visuals are nothing to write home about, no. But the the characters, at least as as you're introduced to them in the uh, opening cutscene, you know, are diverse and interesting, and uh, yeah, I, I 
reasonably good first impression, but I was like, I'm glad I only paid £15 for this game. Yeah. It it does feel like a budget title, and it's evidenced in things like the way the menus are presented and mm-hmm. the, the overall presentation of, of the game. So as as the game goes on, that stuff becomes more and more apparent. Right, yeah. The, the stuff that you and I were talking about, I'm like, oh, this is kind of a weird thing of, like, very... Very quirky characters. Um, one of them clearly has one of them's deaf. Uh, one of them is like a a a doctor from like a, an ex military doctor. One of them is just a weird dude with a scar that's never really explained. Um, and then you have uh, Hannah, the main character, who I've forgotten what her surname is. What is it's she a funny surname. Uh, like it's a cool name, isn't it? Let's see, wanted dead. I'm looking it up. Carry on, Matt. Thank, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, generally, as the game goes on, you realise that the all of the like the 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 look of the game and the dialogue and everything else, the story is so incredibly disjointed. The Hannah Stone. Stone is the name. Yeah, yeah, it's like quick, get in the cover, Stone. Um, the game is incredibly disjointed. There is no. No narrative. It doesn't really make sense, the entire story that they're trying to tell. Um, and, yeah, I, do you want a small spoiler for something that happens at one moment yeah, go on. in go on. Wanted Dead? There's a million of these. There's a million like small moments I could tell you. It's like, what the fuck is going on with this game? Um, th- there's one moment of the game, right, where you were walking through the police head quarters after you beat the first mission which is like an hour long which is too fucking long for a mission it's fine um and you she goes ah and she falls down onto the floor with her head and you go into an anime cut scene um where there's a woman with blue hair who looks like she's been ripped out of the the studio trigger cyberpunk anime but like with much less budget um and from there you're like what the fuck is going on um, and from that police station, you directly go to an area where you're eating ramen. Yeah. Um, as a crew, and the um, Herzog, the the guy with the scar, the blonde guy, just starts talking about the history of ramen and how uh, it was actually brought to Japan from China. And so yeah, this is quirky is... stuff that would appeal normally. It is, it is stuff that's just like they've played a Yakuza game and gone like, right, we'll have some of that. Yeah. We'll throw some of that in yeah. here. You do karaoke to 99 Luft Balloons in German at one point. This, is, this sounds wonderful. I, I'm just, it's I'm, fucking all over the I'm place. I'm on the Wikipedia article now and it references just exactly what you're talking about here. There are also cutscenes, some of which are in anime style and mini games, such as quick time events and elements of rhythm games. Yeah. Just out yeah. of nowhere, just for nothing. Yeah. There's one point you you play a like I said, it's very they've clearly played the uh, the like a dragon games and gone like right, we'll have a bit of that. There's an arcade in the police station for no reason where you can pick up like gacha things from a, an arcade machine. Yeah, um, these things I, I imagine appeal to you, being a fan of. Uh, yeah, but they're just done horribly. <laughs> they they don't work properly. They're like the rhythm game. Is arse. The rhythm game makes you like press three buttons at once on different rails right. in synchronicity. I'm like, this is not how to do a rhythm game. This feels really janky. Hey, but you you played this through to, to the end. 
I did, um, because I knew if I put it down, I would not start playing it again. Um, and was so it as infuriating as uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance? Yes. It, no. Very, Cause... There, are, there are points where I was like, this is fucking Metal Gear again, but not as good. At least with Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Which a game, is, were... a game you hate. A game I despise, yet saw through because I wanted to take it back within the 48-hour return window I had from GameStop. You punished yourself. I did, and I felt like I did it again um, with a worse game. Wow, so, worse than Metal Gear. Yeah, right. So why Which is, is actually what? a game a lot of people love. You know, It was very well-reviewed yeah. at the time. You yeah, just, You it just was. don't like it. I don't like it, but honestly, like the combat, at least to Metal Gear, felt it's intuitive platinum, and tight. of course, so... Yeah, yes, the combat was going like, to be good. It was solid. Yeah. This game, again, it feels like a budget version of Rising Revengeance. But when you expect um, Team Ninja to be able to deliver solid combat, considering you that's would, but I mean, the kind of games that they make. But this is ex-Team Ninja yes. people. This is not like... It's not the current Team the Ninja. Pe- no. Yeah, the current Team Ninja are still there making the yeah. games that Team Ninja Gate makes, though admittedly, you know, not Dead or Alive or Ninja Gaiden. But those games are still tight. Oh, those they're are make, still there. They're making Dead or Alive still. I mean, there hasn't been one for a while, but Team Ninja still make Dead or Alive games. D- yeah, volleyball. No, and Dead or Alive six. Tom, Dead or when did Dead or Alive six? Oh, come a out? while ago. But it, is it seven? Hang on, how many Dead or Alive? Dead, Dead or Alive six came out in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, not that long ago. That's five years ago, my friend. <laughs> they could do with the new. Anyways. One. Yeah. We could do with a new one. I don't think we're ever going to see it. I'd like to. Um, I would love a new one. I, hey, man, oh. I would get more excited for that than I would for Tekken. Anyway, this is a budget rising revengeance. There was a point <laughs> in time where I was fighting a ninja, right? And, like, I went back through the tutorial. I was like, okay, it's clearly something that's not clicking with me. And I was I was mistiming the press of the, the triangle because the, the there's like a counter window where yeah. you can parry stuff. Yeah. Not only in the parry, there's a there's a gun parry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where when an enemy flashes red, it's like an instant kill. Like, if you don't dodge it, you just get murdered. Right. Which infuriated me because sometimes yeah. they come from behind you. That sounds infuriating. And I would, just get, I would get killed by getting swarmed by, like, four ninjas with knives. And you're trying to fight one, and you're trying to parry, and you're trying to time it so you get like the good parry so you can counter. And then all of a sudden, just from behind you, you just get you hear the sound of like ring or whatever it is, and you get knifed to the back, and you die. And mm. you're like, now I need to do this entire ten minute section all over again. Thanks, game. That happened to me so much on the first like mini boss you encounter, which is a ninja, that the game was like, do you want to go down to easy mode? Um, and I was like, actually, you know what, game, fuck it put me on the equivalent of like stray dog mode in ninja guide yeah. put the fucking bunny ears on me i will play nico mode which is the the cat girl mode and you know what i never would have gotten through this game without playing it it's fucking really difficult yeah. even on neko chan mode and could you platinum it or is, is it, did you encounter this bug that presents, presents no you? i They've they have fixed that bug. Oh, You'll be happy to know. You can let your friend in CEX ah, know yes. that they have fixed this. I can confirm he works there. This is a conversation we had in the the podcast we recorded last week, which we lost. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, there's a guy who works at CEX who was talking about it you to were, me and yeah, mentioned this. You were warned as you purchased it that there was. A I was warned when purchasing this game. 
Yeah. Um, so, do you know what, Tom? The 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 warning he should have given you was actually the thing that'll stop you get a platinum is you actually need to complete this game on every single difficulty right. level. Right. Okay. Um, and one of them is called Japanese Hard, which the developers themselves has described as a real challenge. And I'm like, man, if you think the regular difficulty on this mode is something regular people can play, this can go fuck itself. Anyways, um, it also seems like you need to literally start a fresh save every time you want to play mm. the game. You can't just, like, New Game Plus or anything. Right. Anyway, um, I played through it. I got to the end. Um, as I as I played through, like, I got better at the counter system. I got better at the gun counters. I got better at doing perfect parries. There was a, there was a sense by the third level that I'd really found my groove with this game. And okay. I was like, okay, cool. Let's just play this through. Promising. Um, it just, it gets to the point, though, where from the third level on, you see the same enemies time and time again. They're just different skinned versions. Oh. Therefore, uh, you fight... Showing its budget fight, route. Yeah, you fight that same ninja that I fought in the first ga- the first level. I was like, fuck this, I'm up in the difficulty. I think I fought it on the last level at least ten times in cramped conditions, hmm. which is not the best for this game. Um, and the ammo scarcity never gets better. You never get extended mags. You can only o- only hold ever two times your clips of the gun, and so mm-hmm. there literally there were times where I was running around an arena because there were so many enemies that could instant kill me with a sword or a knife that I needed to keep distance and do some damage before I went in to do melee combat with them. And I was literally just running around the streets in this last area trying to find ammo to try and do this. I bet it's been a while like, since well, you played a game that janky, you know, and that showing its uh, limited yeah, budget. Yeah, no, 100%. But it's also just like, it was more the frustration as it was with Rising Revengeance. But like, I've just played for 20 minutes between a checkpoint. If I get killed by this one thing, I'm going to have to play, replay those 20 minutes That's again. a very old school gaming thing, isn't it? It's something that they try and alleviate now, I think, in modern games. This need to doesn't... replay long sections. Yeah, but it, it, it's very chunky. It. Also, yeah. it's just not an enjoyable thing. And like, there are cer- there are certain times, right? I played um, the first boss of the game is like a giant walking Metal Gear esque tank thing. Mm. It's clear, very clear where the game's influence lies. And it um, it has a move where it fires a cannon and goes in like in a big radial arc. Yeah. And it did that, and it went through a wall. Oh. And I couldn't hit it because it was literally like a quick time event. You needed, well, not a quick time event. You needed to do like a sword counter oh dear. to like stab it to activate a cutscene. Hmm. And I literally couldn't do it. Just stuck behind a wall. I have and then to it say, would re-up and not move. Well done for actually persevering with it. So you can talk about I, it here. <laughs> I wanted to talk about it here. I wanted to give this game the coverage that. I, you know, I feel it so, somewhat deserves for being I'm fucking gonna, such a weird game. I'm going to read to you what's on Wikipedia in, in regarding its, the game's reception. Also interesting to note is it was it had a worldwide release on February the 14th, 2023. So this game is now a year old. A year old. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that we talk about it pretty much a year later. Um, games Radar says it's trash, trashy charm and attempt to subvert game norms but they felt it to be bogged down by low production values, imbalance, and repetition. I think that's true to what you've said. PC Gamer called it an intentionally messy throwback to the PS3 era, though though they felt it was too janky for mainstream gamers, and they said that the niche audience may enjoy it. 
I I feel that I am that niche audience that is meant to enjoy this but game. You didn't. I didn't. Rock Paper Shotgun called it a frustrating mess in almost every regard and said it doesn't know what it wants to be. Hundred percent agree with that. That is that uh, you can put my name next yeah, to that, yeah. and uh, that would be very apt. IGN said it's one of the big disappointments of 2023: shallow combat, data presentation, and poorly balanced difficulty. Okay, Hardcore Gamers, is the last one now, said it is a modern take on the third-person action games from the early 2000s and overall a punishingly difficult bloodbath that's a joy to play. I disagree completely. I I, I guess you would. (laughs) Right, so again, like third stage, middle middle of the game, I was like, oh, actually, I'm getting kind of into this. This is fine. The, The fact that the story doesn't make sense, the fact that the the main bad guys are just kind of like dropped in into the story and they make no sense mm. they have no they have no background other than they try and kill you in one of the cutscenes and like why you're versing them doesn't make any sense but like it jumps all over the place the story is just really like if the story had been somewhat consistent I think I would have enjoyed it more but it was all over the place and as the game progresses you can clearly tell that they were running out of budget. Because there are large swaths of that game that I'm like, I've run down this same street. Just the previous section was the same fucking street. You've just moved some of the cars around. Mm. Um, there are cutscenes where the. Can I just? Can I also say is probably some of the worst voiceover mm. I've ever heard in a video game. Wow. It just doesn't. It's just. It doesn't click. And I know. I. It's clearly intentional. Like it's clearly meant to happen. But it it just feels weird. It just feels such a strange, weird mix of like, no, we're gonna make this game and un- like unapologetically bad to try and get at your heartstrings for those weird B tier Xbox three sixty and late PS two games. Yeah. That it just doesn't do it. The only like, thing it says seems here, too contrived. I'm reading here that the game's graphics and voice acting combat and overall gameplay design were purposefully done to both mimic and be a love letter to the sixth generation of console gaming and 80s action movies as a whole. Yeah, but... Yeah. And I say this, I say this, Garcia fucking Hotspur is very well voice acted. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Dante yeah, yeah. It's is um, incredibly taking, well voice acted. If it's intending to recreate the average experiences within that um, demographic, perhaps like... I mean, I... I know Never Dead got bad reviews. I didn't play through all of Never Dead. But maybe Never Dead is is average. Maybe this is, you know... From what I saw of Never Dead, the voice actors knew how to fucking deliver a basic line. No, no, Never Dead, actually, yes. You're right, you're right. Never Dead was better than that. Um, I was trying to think of something it could be trying to emulate, you know. I mean, I think we'd have to go back further than the 360 PS3 to... uh, to, to actually to work out what kind of game this is trying to ape, so to speak, you know. I mean, it like the voice acting levels are honestly as bad as Clock Tower Two for me. Right. Who bleeds yellow blood? It just, just doesn't. Resident do Evil. One. Yeah, yeah, but like Resident Evil One, at least Leon would say like Claire with some passion. No, that's two. This is two. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're Leon's not in Resident Evil One. There isn't voice acting in Res One, is there? There is voice oh, acting. Oh no, there is. You know, Barry. Jill Sam- Jill yeah, Sandwich, you're right. Barry you're right. and Jill. Right. And... Yeah, 
you were almost a jail sandwich. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, like, I would say that those lines are at least, like, while they're delivered really terribly, at least they are, like... It feels like at points, right, that Hannah Stone delivers lines. Like, she was given half the line to read, mm. and then they made her read the other half of the line. It just sounds to me like this game, it's budget shows. And, and, and to, to make it an excuse for its uh, low budget, they decided to, to say that they were trying to recreate the feel of games from a particular right. era. I don't I don't doubt that they were trying to do that. Like, I, yeah. I think perhaps that's a bit unfair. I just think they didn't have the chops to do it mm. i don't i think i think they took the wrong lessons from those games and their odd charm right. and tried to force it in they should have made a game if they were trying to do that they should have done it earnestly they're trying to be like ha 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 look wink nudge and generally what that ends up being is a frustrating thing for players it just doesn't it doesn't do look good for the future of of the studio uh the studio was initially um Valhalla game studios and they were merged into um, what was it? Salil? Yeah. Um, now, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. But I, I will come back to the game and uh, let you know how I feel about it. But I imagine it'll be very similar to um, what you've described there. Uh, I know from how you've talked about this what to expect. Um yeah, and it doesn't feel like it's going to be a game I'm going to particularly enjoy, uh, sadly. But. Yeah, it and it, it's a shame. Um, they they do have a game in the works called Project Edo. Right. Which cl- clearly looks like they're trying to just remake Ninja Gaiden. Well, it doesn't sound like they're going to get a, any bigger budget to do it this time either. Well, they... Oh, they did that um, Ninjala game. The live service ninja game that came out that looked very much like Splatoon. Oh, did they? Yeah, I'm. I'm just. Yeah, I'm. Scro- I'm scrolling down their website. They also did um, the Samurai Jack Battle through time. Yes, game, but the, the, I well think received. that was the studio that Valhalla merged into. That they're probably projects that were completed by the studio before maybe Valhalla was merged into them. Interesting. I don't know. They're also. They're also working on a game that's supposed to come out this year called Vengeance is Mine, or at least they're publishing that by 110 Industries. Yeah, they're the publisher, yeah. Yeah, interesting, okay. Well... Yeah, I I don't know, man, I don't know. There we go. At least you did it, well done. Well done for persevering. Yeah, but again, playing Helldivers this morning was just like, man, it it feels so good to play a video game that's actually good. (laughs) Mm. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Um, yeah, I think we I, I could talk more about. I've also been playing Guitar Hero, but I think we've sort of uh, reached the end of the podcast now, haven't we? Uh, so yeah, we, we uh, maybe for a long while. we can talk about uh, Guitar Hero uh, next week because it's a very interesting franchise. I was playing one particular game in the franchise, which is different enough to to warrant some um, discussion. Discussion. Okay. That's Warriors of Rock, which you know I, I've played considerable of myself uh, previously and I came back and I finished the game off after I haven't played, played it for years and you know overall the experience is uh, unique and very satisfying and, and I'd love to see you know Guitar Hero come back with a similar sort of uh, design but you know I don't necessarily think that's going to happen even though there is a, a guitar being uh, released now which will be compatible with Rock Band 4 and even um the uh, rhythm mode in Fortnite. 
I've heard. I, I, I might pick that up if that's the case. I might use yeah. um, Fortnite as my rhythm game thing going forward. Who knows? Yeah, but it's no Warriors of Rock. Now that that is, that is something. Yeah, and we've probably talked oh, well. about it. I'm, I'm bet when I was playing this back when I lived in Denmark that we, 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 we talked about this. But having actually finished the game now, I think it's worth revisiting. So next time, I'd like to chat a little bit about Guitar Hero. Yeah, let's do that. I'm, I'm sure I'll have more to say about Helldivers too. Perhaps a little bit about Persona. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. I'll also play Form Stars and I'll give you my rap. Oh yes, I look well. forward to that. Yeah, that's something to look forward oh, to. Listeners, listeners, listeners. I don't know what I'm saying. It's okay, don't worry. Neither do I. Most of the time, except for this, Tom Parry. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find us in a variety of places. We are at tommattack.com forward slash podcast. We're on blastprocess.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tommattack on X at Team Acast. Um, and you can listen to us in a variety of places. The pre-mentioned websites, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. Spotify, Stitcher, fuck, I see I knew as soon as I said I know how to say this I was going to mess it up at some point we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher while you're there, give us a cheeky rate and subscribe let us know you're listening, etc, etc and if you want to play Helldivers um, let me know on one of those platforms and I will add you up as a friend Tom, as always, pleasure mate um, let's pod next week um, until then, yeah. everybody, be sure to go get Helldivers too, because it's really fucking good and game on game on <laughs> <laughs>